listening to Story City Church in Granada Hills, California. We exist to glorify God by leading communities into healthy relationships with Jesus and with others. And here is this week's message. passage, I'll say this is the word of the Lord. And then in response, if you uh, agree with the sentiments and the truth of God's word, you're invited to respond. Thanks be to God. Uh, today's scripture reading is John 14, one through seven. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to pre- prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him. And have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning, church family. How is everyone doing? It's good to see you guys. Good to see a lot of new faces as well. My name is Samir. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you, I would love to do that uh, after service. If you want to talk and hang, I'd love to get to know you. Um, hope you've had a great summer break so far. It's coming to an end. Uh, I don't know if, about you, but I'm looking forward to football season. I mean, the fall. Um, looking forward to the fall. To me, it's kind of synonymous. They're all in the same time. So football season is just the best time of year, if you ask me. Uh, no, but as a church, we're so excited for the fall because there's such a momentum and a ramping up of exciting things coming. Uh, like you heard, there's the fall kickoff where we're just doing a, a community event. Where we're inviting the community to share who we are. And with all our connections with Tulsa, with Pettit Park, with Kennedy High School, we're excited to, to love in the community, love on the community continually, and, and just invite uh, the church, the, the people, the, the community into the family of God. We're really excited about that. Uh, we're right now continuing our series in the I Am Statements, and so if you've been with us the last few weeks, uh, we have been studying what Jesus says about who he is, okay? We, we, we hear a lot about what others say about who Jesus is, uh, especially in our society today. There's the opinions that go all around, but what does Jesus say about who he is? And that's what we've been studying, and that's been such a great series that we've been diving into. Um, And we're almost done with it, so today uh, we are one week away from it being finished, so next week's the last week. Uh, So this is just a quick review for those of you that weren't with us, um, to catch you up on some of the I am statements of Jesus. Uh, The first one was, I am the bread of life, and hopefully soon, by the end of this month, we'll have our sermon podcast up, so you can catch up on a lot of that if you want to go back and check it out. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And last week was, I am the resurrection and the life, and we were actually at the beach last week. So if you came last week and you noticed that it was not open, I apologize. We were at the beach worshiping God as uh, the people of God, the church is the people. Um, and so here are some pictures of last week. We had a baptism. Uh, yeah, that was, that was an awesome time. I am the resurrection. It was so fitting with the baptism happening at the beach. And it was uh, that 
middle baptism looks very tame. If you see that water in the back, that's actually an entire wave coming at us. It's not just still water, it's a wave. That's kind of, so we got, we got hit pretty hard uh, on that, and it was a lot of fun. And you see uh, Jonathan there, he has glasses at that moment, but right after, he had no more glasses. They were gone. They were gone. We couldn't find them, but it's all good. Um, but that was a joy uh, to, to see Jason commit uh, his life into a time of celebration through baptism, and that was, that was just an awesome day. So that was our first, hopefully, of an annual um, tradition where we go and do a, a service at the beach. So, um, and today we're jumping into our next I am statement of Jesus, and that is I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And during our sermon prep time, I said, man, if there's any sermon where I can help give clarity to who Jesus is in some way, uh, it would be this statement of Jesus declaring that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I hope that we can see that today throughout our time. But before I jump in, I want to pray for us, and then we'll jump into his word. Jesus, we thank you for just the, the joy of gathering together as your people, uh, whether that's those that are seeking you for the first time uh, or those that have been a part of church for a long time. Um, we know that it's not about the service. It's not about the building. It's about our understanding and our love and our transformation in who you are, Jesus, in our lives. Um, God, and as you continue to move amongst us, we ask that you give us more clarity of who your son Jesus is, God. Teach us, uh, Holy Spirit. Lead us, guide us. Um, May I decrease and you increase. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that I think is vital to admit as adults is that we are in need of help, right? Like, like the illustration of children, they are such in need of their parents to survive. The, the, the need for the child to eat, to live, to be safe, to be protected, to grow healthy is for the parent to guide and lead and protect the child. In many ways, we are like children, and God really displays that a lot in his word, that that we are children of his, that we are actually a needy and desperate people needing direction from a father, from a mother, from those that are leading us in our parental um, place in this world, but also in the spiritual as Father God leads us and guides us. Scientific studies actually show um, in RaisingChildren.net, which is a cool site. I was like, oh, that's cool. Studies show that the stronger your relationship is with your child, the more influence you'll have. Because your child will be more likely to seek your guidance and your value and your opinion and support. In fact, if you have a strong relationship as your child becomes young adults they'll probably end up with values, beliefs, and behaviors that are similar to yours. That's not always the case, 100% of the time, but scientific studies show that the likelihood is when your relationship with your parents or where your parents, your relationship with your children are strong and well, the likelihood is that they'll grow to have similar beliefs as you. And in the same way, we need to always view ourselves as children of God needing strong relationship with our heavenly father as he guides our life 
as he leads our life. So that our views and our understanding of life are similar to his, our creator, our God, the one who made us and knows every bit of who we are. We are needy children in need of our Father's leading and love. And so as we read again today's passage, I want us to read it with that understanding in the shape of our hearts, just, just oriented towards children in need. All right, I hope it shapes kind of the time together. So I want to read that passage again. If you have your Bibles with you, take that out, or your phone, or you can read along on the screen. But I want to read the passage again and continue our time. John chapter 14 one through seven, it says this. Don't let your heart be troubled. As children, that's a good thing to hear from a parent. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. So that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. I love Thomas here. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. See, the people were desiring a a place, heaven. Where are we going? Take us to heaven. And Jesus' response is so fitting to what he's pointing people back to, and that's himself. And so when I talk about heaven, and when you think about heaven, I I want some responses really quick here. But when you think about heaven... What do you think about? What, what are some practical, actual things that, you, that go through your mind when you think about heaven? Anyone? Please respond. It's not rhetorical. Peace. Great. What was it? Throne? Paradise. Yeah. Everything is perfect. All right? Freedom. You can just skip anywhere we want. No responsibilities. Golden, right, golden, what do they say? Golden roads. Some, some people say, the big gates, wings, right? You see, I was thinking about angels. You should think about angels in heaven, clouds. Some think about the sky, right? Harmony. Our loved ones, right, are going to be there. That's what we think about. We think about all the, the good things. And what I think about, too, is all the great food that there's going to be there in heaven. Anytime I want, I can have sushi every day, right? It's an it's a, it's a insight into our human nature that we desire this place called heaven, this perfect place, this paradise, this harmony that we all so genuinely desire in our hearts. And actually studies show that 75% of Americans believe that they will be going to heaven when they die. 75% of Americans believe that. Heaven is a highly desired place that many of us, we desire so bad because we know the perfection it can be, the beauty it can be, maybe the visiting of family members that we so desire. And so in saying that, I have a question for us today. In knowing that that this 
heaven, this place of paradise. My question for us today, that if Jesus wasn't in this heaven, would you still want to be there? If Jesus himself was not there, but you had all the other perks that heaven brought, would you still desire heaven? Because Jesus here is saying that the way to heaven is knowing him. That the way to heaven is him himself. He is heaven. And the truth is, the way hell is described throughout the scriptures is that hell is a lack of presence of God. Hell is a place where God is absent. And so the reality is, even if the, the roads were golden and the water was perfect and the food was present and our loved ones were there, but God was absent, an understanding of what God would say, that is not heaven at all. Because heaven without Jesus is actually hell. It's not a good place. Because Jesus is our home. He is heaven. His presence. That's what Jesus is declaring here. And the reality is, is we cannot find our way home on our own. Because what we desire heaven to be is more of all the things that we described than Jesus himself. So my big idea for us today is that we need help finding our way home. We need help finding our way home. And the reason we desire this heaven is because in the depths of our soul, it's home. Because the way God created us, he created us for himself in paradise and heaven. This idea is a desired thing for all humanity. But we need help finding our way home because we cannot do it on our own. I love Doubting Thomas, what they call Doubting Thomas in verse 5. He gets a bad rap because he's asking a good question. And many would say it's because he's doubting. But in reality, I'd say he's just being honest with his ignorance. He's being honest with his unknowing of what to do and where to go. And I'm grateful for this question because I don't know if we would have got the answer Jesus gave without the question that he asked. But I, like, I prefer calling him Truthful Thomas. Because he's being truthful with what he knows. And he's saying, I don't know what this place is or where to go and what to do. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus doesn't condemn him or look down on him. He gives him a gracious, kind answer to give him more insight and a solution to the question he is asking. Right? He gives three solutions. Three solutions to this question that Thomas asks and it's I want to say as we go into our time I want to give us three solutions and according to Jesus's answer in this life to find our way home we need help finding this place called home what are the three solutions Jesus gives us the first solution Jesus gives us is that Jesus is the journey home he is the journey well he would say way so I'm kind of using his verbiage, but trying to add a little bit of illustration, a little bit of just a picture of what it can look like. He is the journey. See, the temptation is to live our way, 
to choose our journey into this life, right? Our desires, our actions, our beliefs, and ask Jesus to give us, you know, a little help when we're in trouble. That, that we're going on this journey and then, and then a rattlesnake comes up and they're like, okay, Jesus, what do I do now? In the journey. Or that we want to sprinkle him in when we want to or when we feel like it because it feels like the right thing to do because it's Sunday morning. But even when all these things fall apart, for some reason we stick to our own plan. Like, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it myself. Jesus here is saying, hey, walk this way. Like, I got you. Like, this is the journey. I am the journey. Walk the road with me. I got it. I got the path for you. I am the journey, and I am on the journey home with you. See, he is not one of the ways and the journey. He is the way and the only way to home. The only way home. Not one of the ways home. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is what he said in this verse. He's exclusifying himself to how do we find our way home? See, how is this practically true now for us? Because this sounds great, and Thomas's question is answered, but what does that mean for us today, Granada Hills, 2023? What does that mean for us? I love this passage in Luke 14. It's kind of like the, the passage about the cost of discipleship. What does it mean? What do we do? And I want us to envision ourselves as we go into life in this passage. How do we view the cost of our life? Luke 14, 28 to 30. Do we have that? I think so, yeah. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule them, him, saying, this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. How many of us consider life and observe our life with this perspective of we're building a home or that we're about to go on this long journey and that I need to consider all the cost it would have to build it correctly or to have a successful journey, to, to, to build a long, successful process that we have to consider how much it's going to cost to build it. We have to consider the people that we're going to need to have come alongside us to build it well. We have to consider the materials that it's going to take. We got to consider the hard work it will take to build it successfully. And after genuinely thinking, if we think that about our own lives, we have to consider all those aspects that we consider genuinely doing that with all the complexities that life brings, right? The family dynamics that can sometimes be difficult, the romantic relationships that we're called to sustain and to do well, the parenting, the work life and employment of someone, the finances and figuring out how to steward all that well, the death and mourning of life that causes us pain and hurt, celebration and joy when great things happen, all the emotions that life brings, the community and social involvement all around us, etc., etc. Life is complicated. There's a lot 
there. And after reviewing all the costs of our life looking ahead, how many of us would sit and say, you know what? I got this. This is easy. Perfect plan. I got the perfect plan to have a successful life. The reality is, is if we truly sit down and calculate it all, it is hard to figure out. It is complicated. And a likelihood is, is we're going to screw it up. We're going to build the wrong foundation. And that, that house, that building is going to fall and crash. See, Jesus here is saying, Jesus He is saying, I am the journey in this life. He has the answer and the way to all these questions of life. He knows how to build this house. And he's saying, build that house on me. I am the rock. I am the foundation of this house, this life that you're desiring to build. He is the foundation and also the journey to bring us home. Some would say that there's a cost to discipleship, that there's a cost to being a disciple of Jesus. And I get that sentiment because there is a cost. But the reality is, in just the way I described what I shared, I genuinely believe and would argue that the cost of not being a disciple of Jesus is so much greater. It's so much greater not being a disciple of Jesus in this life, in this world. Because he knows the way, he knows the steps, he knows the journey that we are on. And for us to say, well, I can figure it out. And not be a disciple, an apprentice under the one who knows already. And in my opinion, it can be foolish and maybe prideful. It's so much more of a cost not to be a disciple of his. So our first solution to find our way home is to recognize that Jesus is the journey. He is the way home. Second solution, not only is he the journey, he is also the roadmap. Not only is he walking with us on the journey, he's also the map that we are looking at to find our way home. He is the truth. The guide and the, through the journey and the journey itself. He is the only roadmap to God the God of the universe, that we all desire to understand more. So many desire and just desire to seek who is this God of the universe, this God who created me. See, the reality is, is we don't have to guess anymore. We don't have to guess who God is. We don't have to guess what he's like. There's no need to guess anymore. Jesus narrates God through his life for those who want to know who God is. Hebrews 1.3 says it perfectly. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. He is the exact expression of God, the created one, the creating one, the one who creates all things. Sustaining all things by his powerful word, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the perfect image, the perfect description of God. There's no guessing game anymore. He simplifies it for us. He says, this is easy. I'm coming to make it easy for you. Jesus is simplifying it for us. He is the very image and roadmap to the eternal one and to be eternally one with God. Really, the ultimate joy and happiness for all eternity comes in and through him. 
See, we make it so complicated. We make it so complicated. We want to believe and think and, 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 and get so convoluted with all the distractions of life that really deter us from the simple truth that Christ is the journey and the roadmap. He has the truth. He is the truth. See, how is this practically real and true for us today? I think John 1, 14 through 18 says it perfectly. The word, the truth, became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he exists before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 18, no one has ever seen God, the one and only son, Jesus, who is himself God, is at the Father's side. He has revealed himself to us. The word became flesh. The truth became flesh. Jesus himself, the truth, is our roadmap. He is the perfect, in my description, head coach that you could ever have. He has the perfect game plan. He has the perfect playbook. We don't have to question the plays he's going to call. He is the very image and perfection of God, and he makes himself known through his word. He gives us his word, his scriptures, so that we can have a clarity of this playbook and game plan. Jesus is the very words and perfection of God. He gives us the clear roadmap. And his presence by his way of the Holy Spirit. So not only is a roadmap physical Bible, but it's the Holy Spirit's presence with us to help us understand and grasp the scriptures and God's people to walk alongside us so that we can grow and be enlightened into his word and his truth. This is the roadmap towards home. You see, this marriage concerns and needs, he has a game plan for it. Right? Parenting, the struggles and pains of parenting, he has a game plan for it. Hard transitions and financial stewardship and trying to figure out what to do next. He has a game plan for it. Building healthy habits in life that will have good outcomes. He has a game plan for it. And it goes on and gone on. I'm telling you, he has a game plan for it. Maybe we don't know it right now because you're unaware of what his word might say. But we'd love to walk with you in it and help us grasp that together as God's people. That's why the people of God are so essential to understand this roadmap that we're on to get home with him. He gives us a team because he's the best coach you can ask for. So the second solution is that not only is he the journey as we walk, he's also the roadmap to get there. And then third and last, not only is he the journey and the roadmap, he is also the destination that we are going. Jesus is the destination. He is the life. He is what we are desiring. He is the outcome. Life is full in the presence of Jesus. The presence of the Father and the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
He is heaven. He is the presence that we so desire. This eternal need for heaven, he is what we so desire. Life with him is abundance, and eternity with him is supreme and satisfactory. I'm not saying that this life is going to be perfect just because you're a Christian. I'm not saying this life is going to be easy because you have him as the one who you call Lord. But I would say that just like everyone else, life will be hard, life will be difficult. But the difference is, is that he is with you in the midst of the difficulty. That he walks with you. That he desires good for you. That he wants you to be alongside fellow brothers and sisters that are maybe going through similar things that you're going through. And that he has a way for you back home. And that's his son, Jesus. The beauty of that truth is that we can now celebrate and rejoice that our assurance, assurance means that no one else can take it away. There's nothing that you can do or say or be around or anything that can take away the assurance you have in Christ for those who believe. That we can stand firm in this life, that it is complete, that it is finished, that it is never taken away. He is the rock, the foundation that cannot be shaken the life that can never be taken away, the steadiness we need in this unsteady, broken world. He is the destination. See, how is this practically true? The question of this rich young ruler that we talk, that we hear about in Matthew 19 and the response of the picture of what he struggled with then is a similar struggle that I think we can struggle with today. And I want us to read that really quick. Jesus makes it simple, but we men seem, seem to make it really difficult and hard. I want to read that for us really quick. If you guys don't know the story of the rich young ruler, he's this guy, really rich young man. He has a lot of things and he runs into Jesus. And then this is the conversation they have. Verse 16. Just then someone came up and asked him, teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? This is the question that many ask, right? What do I have to do to get to heaven? Verse 17, why do you ask me about what is good? It's almost like scoffing, like what? He said to him, there is only one who is good. And it's the one speaking to him, right? Jesus himself. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. The rich young ruler's response, I have kept all of these perfectly. The young man told him, what do I still lack? This is where the heart shake happens, right? Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, because it sounds like that's what he's wanting. Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. See, Jesus is not saying the only way to heaven is to go sell your things. Like, that's not what's happening here. We have to understand this. He's not saying how do you get there and how you perfect your eternal security is by go selling all your stuff. He's not against possessions. This man, like many of us, think that we just need to do the right thing and the good thing to make it into heaven. This is 
the false perspective that this rich young ruler has that Jesus is trying to help shake out of him. Jesus does something profound here. He tells him to go sell his possessions and then follow him. This is the reality. Jesus isn't against possessions, but the issue is that the rich young ruler didn't just own a lot of things, it's that all the things that he owned, owned him. That's the concern here. That's what Jesus is trying to shake out of him. It's not about the things, it's about the things owning you. And are you willing, just like the question I asked early, earlier, as little children seeking home, and this idea of heaven being beautiful and gorgeous, but without Jesus present, do we desire heaven? Or do we recognize the beauty of heaven is Jesus, is him? That our desire to be near to God is the very desire of our hearts, that he provides it all. It's a matter of the heart. Jesus is pointing to himself as the very treasure of eternal life. He's helping this rich young ruler look at and say, hey, if you're willing to, to get rid of all the things that are holding your heart back from me, then you will find eternal life. And that's what he's doing for us today. He's inviting us in. Whatever is holding your heart captive from surrendering your life, your, your, your journey, your home to the one who can only satisfy everything that you're looking for, that you're desiring. Are we willing to set it aside? Because the reality is it's a greater cost not to be a disciple of Jesus in this life. Jesus was inviting this man into relationship with him, period. That's all it was. It sounds simple, but it was so hard for him to do. But, this, but his possession sadly owned him more than his desire to know God. So now Jesus is inviting all of us into a loving, intimate, wonderful relationship with him today. That he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life that we're all looking for. He is the prize of heaven. He is the home we all desperately desire he isn't just home, though. He is the very journey that we are on in this life. He is the roadmap, and he is the destination. What great joy it is to have a stable, loving God that will never leave us, never abandon us, never forsake us, and will always have an answer, even when it sounds or feels hard. He has called us into life and life abundantly with him. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you are the answer to what we are looking for in this life. That it's not just religious fluff, that it's not just another service, that it's not just another way to understand, um, maybe even think that it's a crutch for life, but reality is, is that we need help. We can't figure this out on our own. We don't know where home is. Everything we look around, we try to find answers to life, but yet it falls short because we haven't fully committed to the fact that you are life, that you are truth, that you are the way, and no matter what, 
that is going to be the answer. No matter what journey we seek and what other ways we might think there are, you are the only one. We thank you for this truth. We thank you that you keep it simple, not easy, because this life makes it hard, but it's simple to know that in following you, we find our way home. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you'd like to join us in person, our services are Sundays at 10 a.m. and we're located at 11011 Havenhurst Avenue in Granada Hills. Find us on Instagram at storycitygh or online at storycitychurch.com. Go and be the church.